Thanks for listening to the Northridge Christian Podcast. At Northridge, we exist to help people move closer to Christ. We believe that following Jesus is a journey, and we want to help you through that journey any way we can. We pray that you grow in your walk with God through this message today. So prepare your heart and mind for this teaching by our lead pastor, Mike Wares. All right, he was running to where? (laughs) He was just running to nowhere. And and other times he was running to, he didn't know where. Now can I tell you, that's not going to get you anywhere. And today we're going to talk about running from something, running from God. Now, I'm going to just tell you, if you haven't been here or or you're new here, I haven't preached in a while, so I'm a little wound up today, all right? So uh, I would encourage you to put your seatbelts on, all right? So... So we're going to talk today about running from God, and as you know from the title, there is nowhere to run. And so as we we jump into this, I I want to tell you about this thing they do in Spain. It happens July 6th through the 14th. There is still time to sign up. It's called the Running of the Bulls in Pablona, Spain. Let me tell you what they do. They have a rule that you can't be intoxicated and run from the bulls, okay? Now, I'm going to tell you, that's the only way you're going to get me out there. And since I don't drink, I ain't running from the bulls, okay? But, but let me give you a little idea of what it is. They, they have about a half a mile run. They line up about 1,000 about a, a to 3,000 people, and they put six to 10 bulls behind them. They shoot a rocket up into the air, and it explodes, and they take off. Okay, let me give you a few little facts here. The average human can run at 25 miles per hour for just a few seconds. The average bull can run at about 35 miles per hour for about two minutes. And they weigh 2,500 pounds and most of that is muscle. Okay, and so people begin to run from the bulls. Uh, Can I tell you, they run for about a half a mile, and each year they do this for eight days. There's still time to sign up. They do this for eight days, and, and during that time, 50 to 100 people end up in the hospital. But just think about it. Over those, over those eight days, there, there, there are about 20,000 people that run, and only 50 to 100 end up in the hospital. That's pretty good odds, isn't it? I still ain't doing it. But think about this for just a second. We run from God. We run from God. And there is no way we're going to outrun him. Why would we try? The sermon in the sentence is pretty simple. You can run from God, but you can't outrun God. You can run from God, but you can't outrun God. Will you say that with me? You can run from God, but you can't outrun God. Jonah, Jonah is the book that we're going to be in, but I want to go to David for just a second. David says in Psalm 139, he, he reminds us about what we sang about in the song Sovereign. In Psalm 139 says, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there, your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. What David says is, you can't get away from God, so don't try. We're going to be in the book of Jonah, and it's a short book. It is only two pages long. In my Bible, the pages face each other. 
And, and, and if they're sticking together, I'm not going to find it. It's up against the book of Obadiah, which is about a page and a quarter. So this is what I'm going to give you uh, permission to do today. I'm going to give you permission to go to your table of contents to find the book, okay? Because it's really hard. And if I'm not in my typical study Bible that I use all the time, I'm going to the table of contents because I'm going to have a hard time. Jonah was a prophet. He was a spokesman of God, and he didn't want to speak, and we'll see that today. And, and one of the things that there are some people who tell you that the book of Jonah is just a fable. It's just a fairy tale. I don't believe that for a minute. Why? Because Jesus in Matthew 12, verses 39 and 40, this is what he says. He, he talks about Jonah, and he says there's this thing called the sign of Jonah. The sign of Jonah is that Jonah was in the belly of a well for three days and three nights. And so he finds himself there, but that is pointing to Jesus being in the tomb for three days and three nights. So there's that. And there's some people that say, well, Jonah is a great children's story. I hope today that you'll realize there are some incredible lessons for us. And the one I want you to hear today is you can run from God, but you can't outrun him. So let's jump in. And Jonah, the first chapter and first verse, keep your Bibles open there because we'll be in and out of there. It says there in Jonah 1, The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it, because its wickedness has come before me. Can I tell you what that reminds me? And this is, this is the first lesson I want you to hear today. God's commands are clear. God's commands are clear. And when God tells us something and it's really clear, that means that you and I only have one option, and that is to obey. I love my grandkids, and I love being around them. This, this is what happened, and, and I, I, I guess your kids act just like my grandkids. I, I, don't, I don't understand that, but, but this is what happens. I, I would tell my grandkids, now, now uh, we're, we're going to stop doing that, or, 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 or I, I want you to get ready to do this, and this is what they do. They look at me when I say that. They turn back around, and they continue to do what they were doing. You know what I do at that point? I laugh. <laughs> My kids are getting what they deserve. <laughs> that's how they treated me. Okay? But that's Jonah here. Jonah gets a really clear command from God. And the, really the only thing he could do was to obey. You know, you and I get so many clear commands from God. We, we hear that we are to love our neighbor. But then we ask, well, who is my neighbor? And we make it unclear. Or, or we'll say, we'll hear the command to be thankful and not to complain. But, you know, well, I've got to complain about something. Or we'll hear the command to let the, the, the Word of God dwell in our hearts. But we just can't seem to find time to open God's Word. You see, that, that's how it works. They're so very clear. And what do we do sometimes? We focus on the commands that, that maybe that, they give us a little bit to say, well, I'm not sure about what he really means there. That neighbor, now, who is that? Actually, in Scripture, it means whoever is close to you. Or, or, or we'll think about, well, well, he wants me to do what? Be baptized? Well, now, exactly how does that happen? Because there are so many different methods out there when really it's a pretty clear, it's a pretty clear commandment. And what we need to do is just simply obey. And, and, and can I tell you, Jonah didn't want to obey. He had good reason not to want to obey. Let me tell you about Nineveh. Nineveh was the capital of Assyria. 
Now, Assyria was into world domination. And let me tell you how they did world domination. When they went into a country, when they went into a nation, whenever they went into a city, they conquered it and they made sure the people knew that they understood who was in control. They did this by skinning people alive. So if they were coming to Milledgeville, let me tell you what they would do. They would capture us, they would take our city leaders, and they would take them out to the gate of the city, and they would fillet them alive. And that left an impression on people. And so when God says, I want you to go to Nineveh, this is what, this is what goes through Jonah's mind. I ain't going there. I, I, I don't want to go there. But can I tell you, when God tells us to do something, the only option we have is to obey. Let's keep reading in Jonah chapter 1 and verse 3. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. He went down to Joppa where he found a ship bound for that port. Now can I tell you, Tarshish is about 2,000 miles away. It's on the opposite side. It's on the opposite side of the Mediterranean from where, where, where Jonah was. And so it says, he went down to Joppa, he found a ship bound for that port, and after paying the fare, he went down, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. Can I tell you what I want you to hear is that all opportunities are not from God. All opportunities are not from God. I want you to hear this, because when God tells us to do something that we don't want to do, you know what happens? is we start looking for other opportunities. And we say, well, this is a good chance. Now, this is how I picture it had happened. Jonah says, well, I think I'll go down to Joppa. And so he just happens to be in Joppa. He happens to be down at the port, and there happens to be a ship there that's headed to as far away from God as he could get from it. And he just happens to have the right credit card or the cash. Have you ever done that? When you've seen all these other opportunities that will keep you from obeying God. And you say, well, that, that must be what God does. The great philosopher Elvis sang, if it feels so right, how can it be wrong? And if we're not obeying God, it is wrong. And we have to know that. A number of years ago, God spoke to me about going and speaking to a man that I did not want to speak to. And it was going to be a hard conversation. It was going to be a conversation sharing the love of Jesus, but also confronting some sin. And as I went to that, 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 that time of wanting to go there, can I tell you what? I had all sorts of opportunities that opened up for me. I had to go visit somebody in the hospital. I had to spend some more time in God's Word getting ready for a sermon. I had to sort my socks. And all those opportunities, I could say, well, those were from God. But can I tell you what they were? They were opportunities to disobey what he asked me to do. If the command is clear, if the command is clear, the only thing that we can do is obey. And those opportunities, if they're keeping us from obeying, are not from God. Let's keep on reading. In Jonah, the fourth verse, he says, Then the Lord sent a great wind on the sea, and such a violent storm arose that the ship threatened to break up. All the sailors were afraid, and each one cried out to his own God. Now, these sailors would have had lots of gods, let me just tell you, because they, they, were, they were part of, of pagan folks. 
And, and, and some of them would have millions of gods. So, so they were crying out to every god they could, the god of the sun, the god of the sea, the god of the trees. And, and, and they, all the sailors were afraid. And each cried out to his own god. And they threw the cargo into the sea to lighten the ship. What I want you to learn right here is our disobedience hurts others and brings losses. Our disobedience, our disobedience hurts others and brings losses. It's pretty simple. When we disobey, it, it hurts others. I've watched couples break the marriage vows. And can I tell you what I know is going to happen? There is going to be pain that is in that family. There's going to be pain in those individuals. There's going to be pain and loss with the children. There's going to be pain and loss between the two families. There's going to be pain and loss with their friends. Why? Because they disobeyed God. I've watched as people disregard what God says about drunkenness. And they get drunk. And then what happens next is that there is pain and loss. They, they, they get drunk and they get arrested. They get thrown in jail. They cause an accident. They kill somebody. And can I tell you what? There is pain and loss for those families. Why? Because there is disobedience. In our world today, we disregard what God says about life. And we kill thousands of unborn babies every year. And what they're telling us now is the pain and loss will be there for years for those families. And they will never get over it. We've seen this week another shooting. And because people don't have a sanctity for life, can I tell you what's going on? There's going to be pain and loss like you wouldn't believe. Or how about this? God's word is so very clear about what we are to do with our finances. And we don't listen. And there is pain and loss because people suffer under a mountain of debt. This is what you need to hear here is that when we disobey, when, when, when we do just like Jonah did, it is going to affect others and there is going to be pain and loss. And the only thing we can do is when there is a clear command from God is to obey and to stop the pain and loss. Let's keep on reading in, in the book of Jonah. And it says, but Jonah had gone below deck where he lay down and fell into a deep sleep. The captain went up and went, went to him and said, how can you sleep? Get up and call on your God. Now, can I tell you what the captain is thinking? He's thinking maybe he knows the right God. Okay, and maybe he knows the right God because there would have been multiple gods. He says, get up and pray to your God. Maybe he will take notice of us so that we will not perish. They're worried. And then the sailors said to each other, come let us cast lots to find out who is responsible for this calamity. So they cast lots. That's like drawing straws or, or, or throwing dice. And he says, they cast lots and the lots fell on Jonah. So they asked him, tell us, who is responsible for making all this trouble for us? And what kind of work do you do? They're getting ready to interrogate him here. This is the FBI coming in. He says, what kind of work do you do? Where do you come from? What is your country? And what people are, what, from what people are you? He answered, I am a Hebrew and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, the one who made the sea and the dry land. Now they talked about their gods. Their gods would have been the God of the sun, the God of the moon, uh, the, the God of the dirt, the God of the water. But now what does uh, Jonah say? He says, my God is the one who created all that. And it says they were terrified. 
Because they have heard about the Hebrews. They, they know about the Hebrew God. And then they ask this question, what have you done? They knew he was running from God because he had already told them so. The sea was getting rougher and rougher. So they asked him, what should we do to make the sea calm down for us? He said, pick me up. Throw me into the sea and it will become calm. I know that it is my fault that this great storm has come upon you. The next thing I want you to hear is that God's actions are not for payback, but to bring us back. God's actions are not for payback, but to bring us back. So many people have a picture of God standing on the edge of heaven. In this hand, he has a bunch of lightning bolts. And he's standing on the edge of heaven. And he's looking for somebody to mess up. He's looking for somebody to sin so that he can send a lightning bolt to them. That's a gotcha, God. I gotcha. I gotcha doing something wrong. Can I tell you, that's not my God. And I hope it's not your God. Because my God stands on the edge of heaven, and when he sees somebody sin, his heart is broken. And he's going to do every single thing that he can to bring us back. Because he wants us to be with him for all eternity. I want you to see this verse from 2 Peter, the third chapter in verse 9. It says, the Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. That is a God that is up there waiting right now, waiting for people to come to know him. And he's working so that they will. He is directing all of heaven and all of earth so that they can see and know his love. Our God is not interested in paying us back. Our God is interested in bringing us back to him because he loves us and he wants us. I got a phone call from a preacher friend in Jacksonville. He said, Mike, I've got one of my guys that's in jail at the Madison County prison system and was a part of the prison system of Florida. And he said, would you go visit him? And I said, sure, I'd be glad to. What's he in for? Well, he was involved in a car accident where somebody died. It wasn't his fault, but because he was under the influence, Florida had a mandatory five-year sentence. So he found himself in prison for five years. I went and sat down with Brian, and we talked. And he said, when I first got to prison, I was so mad at God. I was so bitter. Why did this happen? He says, I started going to a Bible study with a guy that I met there. And one of the things that I soon discovered was this, is that all this had happened not, not to pay me back, but to bring me back. God was working in the midst of all this. He said, God put that, that person right there beside me that led me to the Bible study. God was showing me. And you know what? His life was changed. Why? Because he understood that God was not a God who was paying back, but he was a God that was loving him and bringing him back. I got to do he and his wife's wedding. He's a part of, of Christ Church in Jacksonville and doing great things for the Lord. Why? Because he got a different picture of who God is. Look right here. I'm saying this this morning because there's some of you in here that still have a gotcha God. And you need to have a God that is merciful and graceful and loving that is working to bring you to him. 
you got to get rid of that other God. That's not the living God. That's what communion was about today, that Kevin, Kevin did such a good job, is that our God loves us and wants us. Let's keep on reading. Let's keep on reading. Instead, the men did their best to row back to land. Okay, these sailors don't want to throw them overboard, and this is why, but they could not. The sea grew even wilder and wilder than before. They cried out to God, Please, Lord, don't let us die for taking this man's life. Do not hold us accountable for killing an innocent man. For you, Lord, have done as you have pleased. Then they took Jonah and threw him overboard. And the raging sea grew calm. At this, the men greatly feared the Lord. And they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows to him. Can I tell you what they saw? They saw the power of God. They saw the power of God, and these men were changed. They knew it was wrong to throw them overboard, but they knew that they were being told to do that, and they did it. And they knew that that it would take his life, but God was in control of this all along. And you'll see that again in just a minute. But this is what I want you to hear right now. This is what I want you to hear. Surrender comes before salvation. Surrender comes before salvation. These guys had to surrender to what God wanted them to do. These guys had to surrender to what God wanted them to do. They knew it was wrong, but they knew it was God was calling them to do it. And so they trusted God in this, and they finally surrendered. And when they did surrender, the peace came, the calm came. I'm just going to tell you right now. In my life, when there is not peace and when there is not calm... I know it is a surrender issue. And and I imagine it's the same thing for you when you're saying, I I just can't do that, God. I just won't listen to you, God. And and we refuse to surrender. Can I tell you what's going to happen? The the, the storm is going to come. And and the calm is going to disappear. And there won't be peace because surrender comes before salvation. Surrender comes before peace. It isn't going to be a storm. It isn't going to be rain and wind. It it isn't going to be lightning, but it's going to be a storm within your soul. It isn't isn't going to be uh, being in a boat tossed back and forth. Your insides are going to be tossed back and forth. You see, when we don't surrender, we won't have peace. These guys have learned it. These sailors have learned surrender. Jonah's not there yet. There's one more verse I want you to see. Jonah 1, 17. Now the Lord provided a huge fish to swallow Jonah. Who's in control here? The Lord. Who provided the fish? The Lord. Okay? And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Can I tell you that's pointing to Jesus in this? Okay? Who provided that fish? The Lord. God was working to bring surrender. The sailors had learned surrender. But Jonah hadn't yet. He was going to go through some more pain and loss before he gets there. You may have never heard of this guy. His name is Hiro Onuta. Hiro Onuta, is a, he was a Japanese, uh, he was a Japanese soldier. 
He was on the island of Labang in the Philippines. And when the war ended, he and about six other soldiers didn't understand that the war had ended. And they would not surrender. They would not come out. And they, they ran around in the jungles uh, uh, of, of, of Labang for, for a long time. And, and, and uh, Hiro Onuda was the last one for 29 years. For 29 years, he evaded them. For 29 years, he wouldn't listen that the war was over and that the battle had been won. For 29 years, he, he, he was deprived of the love of his family. For 29 years, he was in pain and, and suffering the loss. And you say, wow, that is so terrible. But this is what I know. There are some sitting in this room today that have not surrendered. That, 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 that when they hear a clear command, that they, they don't listen and they don't obey. That they're in that, in that place where they are, are suffering under the loss and pain. Because they, they won't surrender. And, and they have a picture of God being a picture of a payback God. And they don't understand that, that He loves them. And this is what I want you to hear today. Surrender comes before salvation. Surrender comes before peace. I've been praying all week. I've been praying all week for those that are going to be in this room today that have refused to surrender to God's will. Because I know that it's going to bring pain and loss. I know that there won't be any peace or calm. And so what I'm asking you to do today is to think about it. Are you running from God? Are, are you running from him? Is there something that you know you're not doing? I'm going to step down here in just a few minutes. And let me tell you what I'm stepping down because of. It's to greet you, but it's also because I struggle there just like you. I would love to pray with you. Our elders would love to pray with you. Our staff would love to pray with you. Father, we ask right now that you would move in this room. We ask right now that you would work amongst us. Holy Spirit, we pray for you to come and convict us and to comfort us and to move us. We're asking for this because we want to have that peace. We want to have that calm. So Father, right now, give us the courage to surrender. And then help us to just bask in the peace and calm that you bring. Speak to us. Speak to us. We're going to sing a song. And it's going to say, my heart is yours. My heart is yours. And can I tell you, that's pretty hard to do. Uh, when I sing, I get pretty excited and, and I put my hands up. I can't get the left one up right now. But, but I'm doing a one-arm surrender, okay? Uh, and, and that's what it's about. As you sing, you know, if you can get your surrender up. Lord, here I am. Take me. Take me. And this is what I'll guarantee you. The storms will come. The peace will come when we surrender to Him. I can't say anything else. I'm going to trust the Spirit of God to move in this room. And if you need prayer today, we'd love to pray with you. We'd love to see some people surrender. We're ready for some baptisms.
So let's stand up, let's sing, and let's surrender. Thanks for listening to this message. You can keep up with what's happening at Northridge on your mobile device through our Northridge Christian app. If you have any questions about Northridge, you can contact us at info at